Last night we talked about the relationship begins, talking about how God, through creating the universe and everything in it, that uh, he created things in relationship to himself and things in relationship to themselves, amen. And uh, tonight, in particular, we're talking about how the relationship between man and God got messed up. Amen. Amen. It's big news when a celebrity couple breaks up. TMZ.com covers it, and they'll tell you all the juicy inside details. So tonight, for those of you who don't know how mankind got to the place it is right now, we're going to be a little bit of TMZ and talk about the juicy details, amen? Now I'm going to prepare you in advance. This is not one of these joy-filled lessons. The joy has to come a little bit later on in the week, amen? Uh, I got to tell you the bad news tonight. But we'll start telling you the good news later on, amen? That almost preaches. I need to write that one down, amen? That's a good punchline, amen? But we got to talk about the bad tonight, but it's going to be okay because we got, we, got we, got we got a solution for the bad later on, amen? All right. Our main scripture is coming from Genesis chapter 3, the entire chapter, uh, but for sake of brevity and also because I want to make sure that we talk about some particular things, we're going to look at uh, Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. Amen? Amen. And you've got the notes, so uh, you guys should be in high cotton because I typically don't give out the notes. Amen? Uh, but for VBS, we do that because we normally have material prepared um, you know, through the VBS curriculum. So I make sure that we have the copies of the notes. Amen? So feel free to mark them up, do whatever you want to with them, write down stuff on them. Amen? If I need to slow down and go back, we can do that too. So make yourself at home. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. When the woman, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and did what? She ate it. Satan told her that if she ate from the tree, she surely wouldn't die and that she would become like God. So the woman got that fruit from that tree. We don't know what kind of fruit it was. We don't know exactly what the fruit looked like. But the Bible describes it as good and pleasing to the eye. So she ate it. Amen. Let me tell you something now, church. There's some things in this world that God told us not to have. Amen. That are good and pleasing to the eye. Amen. There's amen belongs there. Amen. A lot of times we think that, that, that God only wants good things from me. He does. But you got to believe also when he tells you don't do certain things. Amen. There's a lot of things that feel good for the here and now. But they violate what God's word has said to us. And this, and this is no different. It wasn't because the fruit was poisonous. It wasn't because the tree was full of something that was going to destroy them. It was because God said don't do that. Amen. But yet we find that we're doing it. And this is where it gets juicy. And then she took some of, she also gave some of, some to her husband who was with her. And then this is where the trouble begins. And he ate it. So she took a bite. Oh, this is good. Adam, nothing happened to me. Nothing happened to us. Here, have a bite. And then Adam went and had a bite of it too. And then that's when all the trouble began. Amen. Because God told Adam that he was the head and the leader. Of mankind, and as a result, if he ate that fruit, then that was when the trouble was going to start. The Bible says, Then the eyes of both of them were open, 
and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Amen. They sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Mankind, in the very first instance of sin, decided that they didn't want to go and go to God and ask for forgiveness and go to God and have him fix the situation. They decided they were going to try to hide from God. Amen. Might I suggest to you tonight, if you find yourself being one of these people trying to hide your sin from God, you can't do that. Amen. Amen. You can't do that. And we see here that God was walking through the garden. This is a bit of a metaphor. God wasn't literally walking through the garden, but we know that God was moving in the, and they were in the presence of God. The presence of God was in the garden. And we see here that verse nine says, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Where are you? He's out of relationship now with God. Amen. He's out of relationship now with God. It wasn't the same anymore. Adam was God's perfect creation. The woman was an extension of that creation. And they had fallen into sin. And now God is saying, where are you? Not because God didn't know where they physically were located. Not because God didn't know where they were spiritually located. But to raise mankind's awareness to where they were at now spiritually, God asked the question, where are you? And sometimes that's the most profound question we get asked in this life. When, we're, when, when somebody has a spiritual intervention with us, when someone challenges us to do better, and somebody comes up to us and says, hey, you know what you're doing? Hey, you know where you're at? It brings us to our awareness of the issue, Amen. Now, why all the talk about sin? Aside from the fact that God had given this great prohibition to Adam, don't eat from this tree. And then the Bible tells us that he promised Adam that when you eat from the tree, surely you will die. It didn't just kill Adam spiritually and introduce death into the world, but all of Adam's descendants, his kinfolk, his cousins, all of us, as a result of Adam's sin, now find ourselves spiritually dead and also incapable of not sinning. Amen? Amen? This is the reality of sin. This is the reality of what Adam did. And a lot of times we, we, we're so far removed from that because time has passed and history has elapsed, but... We think that that thing Adam did didn't affect us. But it's the very reason we need Christ. Because of what Adam did. And if your parents in this room tonight, you've got children, your decisions, I'm teaching hard now, affect your children. Legacies are passed down good or bad. Amen. And it doesn't matter what type of legacy you think of, you're going to leave a legacy. You can either pass down a good legacy, and that doesn't have to be just material stuff, because some people get a whole bunch of material stuff and they're no good 
Uh, they're no better off for it later on in their life. What are you putting into them spiritually? Amen. Go ahead, D. Good one goes forward in the bad. The Amen. Bad goes, what, third, fourth generation. Amen. Good one goes a thousand. generations. It carries on. Amen. That's it. Amen. Carries on. I, mean, I see some people checking in on Facebook. How y'all doing? We're teaching VBS at the church tonight. Amen. The adult class. We bring you greetings from Mount Olive. Amen. All right. So we got a few people in, on Facebook hanging out with us tonight. So sin corrupts relationships. In our personal relationships, sin is the problem. If you find yourself not getting along with folks, it's just sin. Amen. It's just sin. When you find yourself having trouble dealing with people, whether it's in the church, whether it's in your, your neighbor, whether it's somebody on your job, whether it's your brother or sister, your, your husband or wife, whatever it is, it is sin. That's all it is. You know, we, we, we have all kind of fluffy words for it. Well, we got a, we got a difference of opinion, Reverend Edmund. No, that's just sin. We have, a, we have a difference of perspective. We go to counselors and counselors, we pay, we pay counselors all this money. Don't get me wrong. I think, there's, I think there is some need for counseling, amen, from time to time. But we pay them all this money and the problem is just a three-letter word, sin. That's all it is. It's sin. Amen. Our relationships with everybody is corrupted by this fallen nature that we now have. And see, when Adam ate that fruit, it didn't just change uh, Adam. It changed us as well, our future selves, amen. J- uh, the relationship between God and man was fractured, broken, smashed, torn up by man's sin. This is Genesis chapter 3, verses 21 through 23. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. So that's the first time clothing took place. He had to actually kill an animal to dress them in, in, in skins so that they could have clothing. That's what God did. And, it, and death had begun, had begun to reign not only in, inside of Adam and inside of Eve, but now you start seeing that in the creation, death was entered into the world and that things were dying as a result of what Adam did. Amen. Adam had the mean of the whole world. And now you see other stuff underneath his control and underneath his influence starts to mess up. Amen. Amen. This is why it's important that men have their heads screwed on straight. Amen. Because men, we still have a similar level of influence and a similar level of control. And if God isn't in us and he's not influencing us, then guess what? Nothing else around us is being influenced by God. Amen. Amen. That's a men's day message there that we'll save for 2019. Amen. Amen. Verse 22. And the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us. Knowing good and evil, he must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him, kicked him out, told him to move out, amen, from the Garden of Eden, paradise, to work the ground from which he had been taken, amen. That's why it's hard growing food right there, amen. It's a part of the curse that Adam received as punishment. Amen. Go ahead, Deke. No, he said he's become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Mm-hmm. Before that, they had it made. He Amen. But once you know the difference, Amen. you've got to take care of yourself. There's a responsibility there. <laughs> right. Amen. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes it is. Right. And, that, and that was a, that's what it was. They didn't know anything other than what God had said, which was good. 
Tell them let's just give them much you require. But then Satan introduced the lie, amen. Amen. They, this was the first lie that was ever told according to scripture. Satan contradicted God's word, amen. Sin corrupts relationships, right? Talking about us. Talking about us now. So James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. So what causes fights and quarrels, cussing and fussing, arguing and, and fist swinging and, and, and bottle breaking and table flipping and chair tossing, amen, among you, amen? I had to give you some synonyms for what it means with quarrels, amen? Backbiting, amen, I'm going to stop. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you when you want something that somebody else don't want or when you don't want something that somebody else wants or you want the same thing that somebody else wants just as bad as they want it and there's only one of it to go around. Or don't, when you don't want any responsibility or don't want any of what's there, neither of you want it, right? Because sometimes you get to that point of marriage, right? You don't even want the marriage, right? Go ahead, D. I'm not D. I'm sorry, Reverend Foster. My brother and I used to fuss a lot about, you know, my mom would say, share that piece of candy, you know, and he'd break off the big old piece mm-hmm. and give me the small piece. Amen. I said, that ain't right, and he'd bite off the other one and then make them even. Make them even. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. You battle. You battle with each other. Amen. 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 Because they're scared. Because that. Because that was. That wasn't. There wasn't enough for it. Both of you there, in the sense of fairness. Because your brother had did something unfair, you know. And we got. We got. We got abused. Amen. Amen. This was goes on in the world. This is why you got people fighting about health care right now. This is a quarrel that's going on, isn't it? Because I want something. My money, my taxes, and I don't want to pay for nobody else's health care, amen? amen? Even though I go to these churches where we preach that Jesus loved people so much that he went around and blessed them and healed them, amen? But I don't want to be like Jesus when it comes to paying a little bit more of my taxes so that other people can be healed and taken care of, amen, their health issues. Somebody to say amen there, amen? Because that's not going on in a lot of evangelical churches. That's not being taught, amen? Because it don't sound good. To people who want to be who want to be ruled by politics and not Christianity, let me move on from that. That might be too convicting for some of y'all. Amen. You desire, but do not have, so you kill. Right. So we go and fight wars. We go and take land, and we go and conquer people. We go and 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 and, and steal from our neighbor and carjack and, and 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 we sell dope and we do all these different things because we don't have and we want. So we're going to kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. Right? You start fighting because you want what somebody else got. You do not have because you do not ask God. And the Bible says when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. Amen. Amen. Because you want this stuff, as the Bible says here, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Amen. See, when we talk about praying for our church financially, and I'm praying that God blesses you. I do that from time to time for your finances. I'm not praying that you have more money so you can go on vacation. I'm not praying that you have more money so you can go take trips and buy cars and buy, have discretionary spending money. I'm not praying for that. I'm praying that God meets your needs so that you can meet the needs of God in this church. 
and that in him meeting those needs for you, that you find discipline to live out that 90 percent. Amen. While blessing God with the 10 or the 11 or the 12 or the 30. Amen. Amen. It's up to you in terms of how you approach these things once you know better. And in Christ, we should know better. If I was talking to somebody who didn't know Christ, I wouldn't spend my time talking about tithing because they don't know Christ. So there's certain messages I preach to save folk and there's certain messages I keep and teach to unsaved folk. I teach, I talk, the only thing I talk to unsaved folk is, is about is the gospel. All right. Because why am I going to tell you about trying to do the things of God when you don't even accept God himself? Right? right. If you were to my house, Red Amendment, and I went home, and you were hanging out there with some buddies, and you knew me in my house, but the buddies who came over, they didn't know whose house that was. And they were in there throwing footballs around, knocking my TV down, and, you know, in my kitchen, burning up my pots and pans and stuff, scratching stuff up, and they scratching the countertops up. And you want this, hey, man, hey, man, this is Jameson's house. Can't be here acting like that. Guess what they would tell you that then if they were that disrespectful? Who's Jameson? Oh, that's your friend. I don't know Jameson. That's how they would act. So it's the same thing when we approach non-believers. We're talking to them about God, and we're talking about do all these different things, do all these Christian disciplines. And they're like, man, I don't even know. I don't even know Jesus. You gotta help them know Jesus first, Amen. Amen. So when you see James here talking about this, James actually wrote this to church folk because this is applicable to us. We have the spiritual power now to do this in Christ Jesus, Amen. And if you find yourself struggling with this, this is time to pray for these things in your life. Instead of praying for the stuff first, how about you start praying for the ability to overcome some of those quarrels and and those fights among you and your brother and sister? Amen. Because sin corrupts relationships. Sin corrupts mankind. Now this is tough. It gets heavier here. Sin corrupts mankind. See, we think sin just kind of Messed up some stuff around us, but man, it's still kind of okay. Mankind is still kind of cool. I mean, this is kind of where my reformed theology kicks in in here. But I'm a wretch. See, I know I'm a wretch. Amen. And see, as I got older, Sister Julia, I discovered some new levels of wretchedness in me. (laughs) I found out about some new levels of depravity that I was exposed to and I could conjure up in my mind. And there was a whole lot of stuff, Reverend Foster, that my mama and daddy kind of kept me from. But boy, when I got out of that house, I looked around, Sister George, I said, there's some more sin out here. Yes! Some sin was kind of tall, some was kind of short, some was kind of thick, some was kind of slim. But man, there was some new sin out here. Amen. Sin is the reason I went to Georgia Southern. We was driving on the campus, and I looked out my window, Pastor Bates. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm confessing, Pastor Bates. And I saw some. I saw a girl wearing some GSU shorts, and that's all I'm gonna say about that. And I said, "This is the place for me. I got to be here. Amen. I got to go to school here. I'm gonna get me an education right here. Amen. See, we think sin is just sort of this." This thing we kind of can control and mess with. But we're speaking oftentimes as Christians who know better. But before we had that radical encounter with Christ, we don't see anything wrong with what we're doing. 
Because see, Pastor Bates, I want to go back home and answer that question. Yeah, I got me a little girlfriend. Amen. For some of y'all saints who are in Sunday school, y'all know that, that story. How my, my dad's friends would always ask me when I was a little boy, you got your little girlfriend yet? You got your little girlfriend yet? I'm five years old. I said, no, man, I ain't got no little girlfriend yet. I'm just out here playing with it. You got your little girlfriend yet? Because, Brother John, that was some stuff that came with getting you a little girlfriend that they wanted me to experience. So I could sit around on the back of the truck with them and talk about them things, amen? But see, I was ignorant to it because I hadn't, I hadn't experienced that yet. But boy, when I did, I said, well, I see why they wanted me to have one so bad. <laughs> amen? But then the misery that came after, amen, the misery that came after all of that, they didn't tell me about that. And I could go into more stories about that, I'm going to save that. I don't want y'all totally being ashamed of the Sunday school teacher. But I, I, I'm just telling you about sin, amen. Amen, amen. amen. I'm not making fun of it. I'm just telling you the truth. Amen. You got to know. Because it'd be real easy for me to stand up here pristine and try to act like I'm just so holier than thou but this is a real thing and if you don't understand how sin has messed with you and how sin continues to mess with you you might fall into some of the condemnation that we see here in Romans chapter 1 verses 18 through 21 it says here the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people the Bible doesn't say this stopped this still goes on to the day you see wickedness and, and, and godlessness judged. Amen. You see it judged. Who suppress the truth by their wickedness, right? So what suppresses the truth of God in the life of people who don't know him? What does it? We got asked this question last night. Well, why don't they accept? What does the Bible say? Come on, church. Don't get quiet on me now. Y'all picked on me. I'm picking back. It says wickedness is what does it. And where does the wickedness come from? Go all the way back to that verse where Adam ate that fruit. That's where the wickedness comes from. Now, I got to help you with this. If you go in my garden, I've got vegetables of all different types. But if you look in the corner, I've got a row of tomatoes I've kind of got, you know, kind of got in my garden. But what's amazing about tomatoes is that they have so many different varieties of tomatoes. They all look like tomatoes, but when they start putting on fruit, which is why they're in my garden, is to bear fruit, I see what their nature really is. Because maybe I was a lazy gardener and I didn't put down the little markers on the ground to tell me what type of tomato plant that was that was planted. Maybe I was a lazy gardener doing that glory, I don't know. And then now I'm kind of confused about what tomatoes are there. I know there's tomatoes there. Because that's where I planted tomatoes, but I'm not sure about the nature of those tomatoes yet. But the Bible tells me, he gives, and Jesus gives me the answer that I will know a tree by the what? The fruit it bears. Because the fruit of a tree comes from its, its nature. You don't get apples from orange trees. You don't get black beauty tomatoes from uh, death store tomatoes. Amen. That's an actual variety I got in my garden. You're going to see the difference soon when they start putting on that fruit. Because it's nature's producing this. So the very thing in us that is stopping, the very thing in us, our sinful nature, is what is stopping 
us from being aware of, the God, of God's truth in our lives. And this sinful nature isn't something that is a cognitive ability. It's not something that comes back to, oh, I'm smarter and I understand the scriptures and I can see the truth of God and therefore I, I accept the truth of God. It's not something that's tied up in, in my physical being. It is the very spiritual burden that Adam laid on me as my father when he ate from that tree. It's that legacy he leaves me spiritually. So now I can't do anything but be wicked. And then the Bible says, since what may be known about God is plain to them, nobody questions that. Yes, there's churches on every corner. Yes, we're looking at the stars and the galaxy and the universe and say that God made everything. Because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal, his eternal uh, power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. That's why, that's why you can't claim ignorance and say, well, I didn't know. You did know. But, you, but, you, but your sinful wickedness is what stops you, stopping you. And no, you're not the reason entirely that you're going to die and go to hell if you don't know Christ. Adam is. Adam's the one who gave you the lying tongue. Adam's the one who gave you the stealing hands. Adam's the one who gave you the lustful eyes. Adam's the one who gave you the swift feet that love to run and tell lies and gossip about your neighbor. Adam gave you that stuff. So you don't even, you don't even, you can't even get away from his legacy because Adam gave it to you. You look like him. You smell like him. You think like him. You move like him. And it's, not a, and it's nothing you can get away from. You can't escape it. You just like your daddy. <laughs> Amen. You know how Maury, that was pretty good. But you know how Maury Povich, for y'all days, y'all, y'all saints who were at home during that hour, <laughs> when they when they, when they have been questioning the baby's paternity, they'll put a picture up there deep and show you what that did. And you hear the mama talking like, look at that nose. <laughs> Look at that chin, them lips, them ears. Right? Why are they saying that? Because that because that joker over there who's hoping he gets to jump up and down if he's not the father, he's the one who's the father of that baby. He be the pappy, amen. He be the pappy. So don't so don't move past this point, because there is a little bit of fun there, but Adam is the reason that people that people sin. Adam's the reason we walk around with a sinful nature. Adam does this. Amen. Adam's the one who's the culprit. And that's why the Bible says we need a second Adam. Amen. Amen. That's why the Bible says we need a second Adam. That, 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 your daddy wasn't no good. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Oh, I'm going to make this thing. I'm going to raise this thing close to the bone. Amen. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. Every now and then, a woman and a man don't work it out. The man was just no good. He was there for a night. And she has a baby by that man. And then, by the grace of God, she meets a man, a real man, who wants to take on those responsibilities that come with her and her children. Amen. Did anybody see the movie Hidden Figures? Anybody see the movie Hidden Figures? Amen. Remember in the movie where she, I mean, was it two girls, three girls? Yeah, three girls. Three girls. Three girls. And this guy who got home from the military, he retired from the military, he comes home, and he proposes to the mama. 
and then uh, and then uh, he then he uh, he also did what he kind of uh, symbolically had proposed to the three girls as well, because he wanted to take on that responsibility. Amen. See, this is what the second Adam does. Amen. He takes on the responsibility of them children that were abandoned spiritually by their father Adam, the first one. Jesus comes into our picture. He adopts me. He he's the father that I never had. Amen. Amen. When my daddy was sitting around being a drunk because he because he ate from that tree, Jesus shows me not to be like that. Amen. Uh, when my daddy was being around was around being short tempered and going around being a murderer and killer and slander, Jesus shows me not to be like that. Amen. Amen. When 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 my daddy don't know didn't know the Lord, he was hiding out in the garden wearing fig leaves like he was hiding from God. Jesus tells me how to stand in Him and trust the Lord. Amen. And glorify God. Amen. With my life. See, it's a second Adam at work now. Amen. That's the good news, amen. amen. That there's a second Adam, amen. Yes, yes. Sometimes you, sometimes you tear up. Sometimes a part of your car will tear up, amen. Mm-hmm. Especially if you got an old car, and you might think to yourself, "Man, that might be it for this old car." Mm-hmm. But then you mess around and remember that you bought another part because you know that part tears up, amen. Mm-hmm. So you go into your shed, and you know you got a second carburetor, you got a second set of brakes, you got a second transmission from the old car that you kept around just for a moment like this. And you go and drop that transmission. You go and change out that carburetor because you got a second one, amen. And you keep on moving a little bit more. Amen. Keep on moving a little bit more. See, it's a good thing to have some redundancy in your life, amen. That's what we call that in the IT world, redundancy, having some backups. Sometimes you need backups for your backups, amen. But in this case, we don't need a backup for Jesus. Amen. And see, and see, God, he teaches us this from day one. This is Deke's favorite verse. Because he saw the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. He knew Jesus was going to have to die. Which means he knew Adam was going to sin. Amen. He had, a, he had a backup plan, amen. Plan B, amen. Sin corrupts mankind. Romans 1, uh, verse, and we're going to pick up here in 20, uh, verse 21, go through 23 here. It says, for they knew God, for, they all, for all they knew God, I'm sorry, they neither glorified him as God or, made, or, or nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Amen. This is talking about man. Although they claimed to be wise and they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being. Talking about idolatry and birds and animals and reptiles. Amen. Amen. This is what mankind does when who's fallen. Amen. Now, some theologians will go on and say, well, this is talking about a reprobate man. This is talking about a really bad person. But I really believe the more I study the scripture, this is talking about all of mankind. Amen. Amen. When I'm running around Georgia Southern campus with like, a, like, a, like a chicken with his head cut off, looking at all the sin that he can get himself into, I fit right into those scriptures. Amen. Amen. And if Paul had known me, <laughs> had witnessed my life, Paul might have gone on to talk about GSU shorts at the end of that scripture. Amen. Amen. See, we think our sin, because it's ours, it's okay. You know how we have children? I'm getting in all kinds of trouble, Red Amendment, but we turn the corner here. We're heading home. You know how you have children? And that child is just bad. Child is bad. That child is bad. Spoiled, rotten. Can't stand them. Can't be. Can't be stand to be around. Don't play good with other kids. But you try and touch that child. What happens? The mama comes up. The daddy comes up. Don't you mess with my child. Come up. Come here. Like 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 bringing like taking bad from over there and bringing bad over here. It changes the situation, right? 
And you know, and you see these things go on, and the reason they have this affection for this child with all these with all these child because hey man, who said that? Because it's theirs. It's theirs. It's just, that's theirs. It's their child. See, that's why sin is such a hard thing to talk about in the church. That's why a lot of churches have stopped talking about sin. Because, see, sin is my thing, amen. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm over there shouting amen when Pastor Bates is talking about all the stuff that I, I kind of have a good grip on. But let him start talking about lust and, and being grateful hearted about giving. Oh, man, I might kind of tighten up over there in that corner. <laughs> and if Pastor Bates don't stop talking about that, I'm going to call a meeting together after church and see if we can't get rid of him. <laughs> I need a different word. No, that's the word you need. That mess in your heart is the reason you need that word. Amen. Convicted. And thank God that you got somebody who will tell it like it is. Amen. Amen. I don't want, I don't want to go to a church where I don't hear about what I'm doing wrong. I need to be kicked in the pants and told spiritually to do better. And as a Christian, you should want to hear that message. That's part of being saved. Amen. Amen. Conclusions. We are not sinful. We are not sinful. Because we sin. We sin because we are sinful. That's our nature before Christ. Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 6. Here's the fallout Adam's eating that fruit, some time has passed. Mankind has begun to proliferate across the face of the globe. And the scripture says, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. The whole, the whole thing, amen? amen? And that every inclination, every thought of the human heart was only evil all the time. When did that stop? <laughs> Didn't stop. It didn't stop. You don't read in scripture later on that, well, now this is good. We know why the flood that came through and washed away sin. But guess what? Moses had sin too, didn't he? Because time he got saved by God's grace by, through the ark, he got caught out there butt naked drunk. Right. Amen. No, I'm sorry. No, no, not Moses. No. Moses had another set of problems. Amen. <laughs> amen. But Noah was, after Noah got saved, amen, he was butt naked and drunk. And the children had to come cover him up, amen. 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 Say it again now. Everybody. Everybody got issues. Amen. And that's what makes it a joy and a and a joy and a so, a sobering responsibility. Teaching the word of God. Because I have to teach you guys with all my issues, amen. I have to read the ouches. And I'm struggling with this before anybody else does. Amen. 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 And if I was in one of those other kind of churches, they might look at you, well, bro, small, how can you say that? With such certain, don't you struggle with stuff? Come on, with Boy, they, there's nothing more wicked, yeah. come on, church, yeah. than somebody trying to use your sin as an excuse to get away from the holy standard of God's word. Yeah. Yeah. I know I got sin. If I didn't think I had sin, I wouldn't be in church. Yeah. I ain't going to church because, you see, see, let me tell you, the, let me tell you a dirty little secret here. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up. Long gone are the days. Where church is some kind of a great social construct that you need to be a part of because it's something that is considered as socially acceptable and socially necessary. Long gone are those days. Uh, our friend Ernest Tinsley, before he died and go went on to glory, he talked about how he joined the church purely for the look of the thing. He wasn't studying God, he just went to church. 
because he was a lawyer. He wanted to get some business contacts. And that's what people in the community do. They join a good church and they sit back and hang out. They give a little money. And they can say, that, oh, I'm a member of that church down the street or whatever. And then they come to his law firm and use him. Amen. That's what, he, that's what his plan was. But then something got a hold of him in that church. Amen. So down today, I'm telling you now, the days are gone where people look at church as some place that's essential for them to be a part of. It's something else. That, it's just something else competing for their time. So when you come to church, the goal of being in church now, if you're a sincere believer, is that you're trying to actually have a relationship with the Lord. That's right. Amen. So a lot of things have gone. A lot of things are are still caught up in this wickedness that the world, the Bible describes the world as being. Amen. People don't get married anymore. No point in doing that. Just shock up. Get to know that person for 10 years. (laughs) Inside and out. Amen. For 10 years. And and, and, And if it's fine with you, it's fine with them. And if it, ain't, if it stops being fine with you, then guess what? You back up your stuff and you move on and do that again with somebody else. And if you get real slick, you do it with both of them at the same time, Red and Foster. Shacking over here, shacking over there. You got, a sum, you got a summer home and a winter home, amen. Let me stop. Amen. Shacking with one and one married. And you have to tell them. Because our generation, we used to hear that all the time, man. I, you know, my dad, I'm, I'm telling you, my dad wasn't a deeply spiritual person. But praise God, that's changing, amen. 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 But he wasn't a deeply spiritual person. But my dad had two sermons he preached. Save money and stop shacking. That's the two sermons he knew. He, and, he, and he was, oh man, he would love it. He would rub his hands together. If somebody showed up to the house, he was shacking. And he, and he, would, he would sit down, he would prepare himself. You know, you could see it come over him. Like, he about to preach. He about to tell them, stop shacking, you know. He would look over at him, pontificate about the philosophy of marriage. And they come back and tell him, now, you want to get this thing right with your, your household? Y'all go ahead and get married and stop shacking. Boom, there it was. You know, you want everybody else married and miserable like him, amen. I didn't say that out loud. I didn't say that out loud. Amen. But that was his message. But now, like I said, we don't hear that anymore. We see people on TV just kind of hanging out. And and celebrities have gotten so slick, they don't even really tell you if they got married or not. They call them partners now, amen? Right? And see, for the black folk, can can I really help you with this last piece here? I know some of y'all think, well, that brother Smallwood, he he act like a Republican, so he ain't going to ever say nothing edifying about black folk. But let me tell you something. The reason we got married, we used to value marriage. Coming out of slavery is because we had people who sold us away from each other. They would do nasty stuff as punishment, like send the mama over here on another plantation and send the daddy on another plantation, amen. And then send the children across the world, amen. We used to value that because that was a privilege to being able to call that my wife and call that my call her call me her husband, amen. And these are my fa- this is my family, amen. And somewhere along the way, we went from we went from we went from white slave owners selling us across the country. Breaking up families to us letting social programs and, and, and incentives from the government do it, amen. Letting prison do it, amen. And depending on if you depend on what, who you think is doing that, a lot of people still say it's still slavery going on because the uh, because the only place that is that slavery is still permitted is technically the prisons, amen. The Thirteenth Amendment did not outlaw slavery in prison. Amen. 
So we got to understand this world is falling. And see, when I wake up and I fall in love with Jesus, I start, I start caring about some stuff. Yeah, you're beautiful, sister. But I got to get married. I can spend all kind of time with you. But if you ain't trying to marry me, then I ain't got no time for you. Amen. Say it. Say it. Yes. Yes. You know, brother, I love my children. My, my little nephew's back home. But you want to stop that shocking at some point, brother. Amen. Maybe my brother see this. Amen. <laughs> well, stop that shocking. See, see this stuff. This stuff is transformative once you come into contact with Christ. Amen. All right, let me finish up this scripture because we're we're done. We're at seven thirty. Amen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurry up and finish up here. So we saw that every inclination of the thoughts of, hu- of the human heart were only evil all the time. Then the Lord regretted, not actually because He didn't foresee this happening, but the writer is trying to help us understand the emotional pain that spiritually that God was going through when He looked at us. The Lord regretted that he made human beings on the earth and his heart was what? Deeply troubled. Amen. His heart was deeply troubled. This is what sin did. Imagine God Almighty, big and strong and eternal, looking down at us and he's, he's crying at what we're doing. Mm. See, we think sin's a little thing, right? Amen. But it made God cry. And it made God so bothered that his son Jesus died on the cross for that stuff. So our blessings is still attached to obedience. Still attached to obedience, amen. But you don't get you don't get those blessings until you accept that second Adam. Amen. And thank God that we need him for that too. Amen. Are there any questions about sin? Sin. Destroys relationships. Amen.